Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, depending on when you're listening to this. My name is Richard Foster, and we are joined today on the Stromcast by two of my favourite people from the Southern Hemisphere, or two of my favourite people that I know from the Southern Hemisphere. Um, Thomas from New Zealand and Lloyd from Australia. Apparently they are distinct and separate countries. Um, and they are the owners of the Cave Australia and respectively the Cave New Zealand. Um, and I've got them on to talk about the concept of longevity, longevity supplementation, um, and how longevity as a concept and something that people are, are trying to, to work towards differs from the concept of health in general. Um, so first of all, if we can introduce, introduce Lloyd. Uh, good morning over there to you, Lloyd. Yeah, it certainly is morning, Richard. You've interrupted my morning shit uh, while I was having a coffee. I assume this is the kind of podcast we can say things like that on. Absolutely. Um, yeah, that's great. Morning. Um, so Lloyd operates the Cave Australia, and you've been in the business for a while now. Is that right? Four or five years? Yeah, about four or five years. We started online, then we had a we opened a store, and now we've got two stores, and we've got Thomas in New Zealand. Well, I guess he'll talk about himself. Um, he's not that important though. So um, yeah, that's right. We've been in the game, and we're doing it a little bit differently, kind of like Strom in some ways. Um, we're more about the biohacking side, the nootropic side, the longevity side, as well as the sports supplement side, which everyone loves. And um, is, yeah, is that because in Australia the 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 bodybuilding hardcore side of it isn't as big, or is that because that's where your personal interests take you? Well, it's a bit of both. I mean, the body it's very oversaturated, the bodybuilding niche. So it's a niche that has millions of stores that seem to target it. Um, and our personal interests, that's where me and Thomas aligned, are definitely more on this side of things than just the straight up, you know, uh, big tubs of protein powder and cheapest carbs you can find and creatine all day, although we love creatine. Sure. So moving on to Thomas, how does that work? Is he your love child or is it a franchise kind of setup? I, I've never actually asked. I just have a guy from New Zealand who has the same logo and I assume that that's legit. Yeah, so yeah. we are um, we are actually separate business entities, uh, questionably legit. You can talk to lawyers about that. But um, I would say essentially, so I started out in the business also about four years ago, but uh, from a much more like it was only nootropics standpoint. Um, and then a few kind of like general health things, but really not bodybuilding angled. Um, even though I, I've always been into that sort of gym scene, uh, I just essentially viewed it as, hey, look, there's people already doing it. Um, but I started out with a small online called Vitacare. And then kind of as that grew, we saw the, I was getting heaps of demand for sports supplements too. And I was working heaps with Lloyd at the time. So it just kind of made sense to do a bit of a transition the KVNZ is New Zealand owned, Cave Aussies, Aussie owned, separate, but then we work together on things. Sure. Um, and yeah. So for, for the listeners, um, the Cave are a brand that I love to work with. They're the kind of stores that I would love to go into because they seem to have all the weird niche shit, some of which is probably very, very useful and people aren't aware of it. And some of which is, is, is so niche, I question who buys it. Um, but both stores seem to do that. And I love that because it's kind of like an Aladdin's Cave. I imagine I could spend a day just finding cool shit. Um, so the subject that we're going to cover, and we're going to cover it in future podcasts in a lot more depth and in, in more specifics, is this concept of longevity and life extension um, or, or health span extension. Um, and for those of you who have never heard those terms, um, from my perspective, uh, the, the goal of um, someone who's interested in, in kind of lifespan and longevity is to improve 
people's functional health for as long as physically possible to improve their functional lifespan. Um, whereas uh, someone who's more focused on health from a bodybuilding perspective may well be interested in more the immediate now in the next 10 years. Um, but I'm sure you guys have got much more specific and interpretations of it than that. Um, I think where it's really interesting is where the crossover is and where there are certain things that you might do for bodybuilding that actually are counter to what people might do if, if longevity is their primary focus. So is anyone who'd like to pick up on that, on their what their interpretation of what it is that we're trying to achieve as a longevity provider is? Yeah, I guess I'll kick off real quick. Um, I don't know if it's, yeah, it's probably switched over to me. Um, there's a, with bodybuilding, the, the main issue, uh, obviously there's uh, Dr. David Sinclair, who's done a lot of great work around this. And he shed some light on some things to the wider public. And we, we actually listened to him as well. We've been planning to do a podcast on this subject. Um, and there's a lot, it's a massive subject. That's why we haven't done it yet because we just haven't felt super ready. So it's good that if we do these, we sort of break it into little bite-sized pieces. Um, but there's a few different factors. The, the main issue bodybuilding presents for longevity is that it's boosting mTOR significantly. That's my take on it anyway. And that just means you're kind of... Uh, increasing the speed of which you age on some levels because the more you boost mTOR the more you're growing muscle but also you're speeding up your body clock in certain ways but anything so that increases mitosis fundamentally increases the chance of things like things like cancer unfortunately because they are caused in in the mitosis process uh, you're also increasing elevated levels of IGF-1 which can be a driver of, of the same um, so I suppose most of the concerns around mTOR and stuff they do come back to elevated cancer risk in in the long term yeah, that's right. And it's this funny thing me and Thomas were talking about, he'll pick up where I leave off with this in a second. But um, there's got to be a fine sort of balance between living your life and living it with a good amount of natural testosterone, if you want to go that way, um, living it with a good amount of vigor, um, and energy, um, and just trying to eke out as many years as possible. So there's, there's a bit of a spectrum there too. So when it comes to longevity, it also does depend on what kind of quality of life you want to produce. You may still want to be pretty jacked and have a decent amount of muscle. And there's nothing to say that you shouldn't do that. You're still probably a lot healthier than someone that doesn't pursue fitness goals. But um, if you go as far as Sinclair goes, you're sort of going to the other end of the spectrum where they're trying to actually slow down aging so much so that they probably don't even, you know, do some of those things so well we we know um, um I, I know from my own research one of the most effective um longevity strategies in certainly in animal studies is is extreme calorie restriction um yeah i, I don't give a fuck how effective that is i'm not doing it yeah yeah that's right that's if you want to take it beyond thunderdome um but we'll throw to thomas i just wanted to quickly say there's probably a bunch of different <clears throat> categories we could cover for anti-aging um and i jotted a few down but, um, you know, obviously mTOR is one, NAD levels would be another, nitric oxide and blood flow, something we talked about recently on a podcast, me and Thomas do, called the Cave Supplement Podcast, a uh, huge one, which then ties in with, of course, um, cardiovascular health, then sleep, stress, and insulin sensitivity. They're just some of them, but Thomas, what else would you say around longevity? Yeah, otherwise you do have folks on long-term brain health, which I think all three of us can agree on. Um, Really, I think a good way to angle it so that we don't, uh, maybe to share how our views differ to Sinclair a little bit, is while he, like he, he thinks he's training and exercising a bit, um, but I guess uh, I don't want to criticize too like much. But yeah, well, yeah, yeah. You, we love you, Dave. Better. Sorry, buddy. It doesn't. Yeah, he's, um, it's, yep. it's rich for yep. us to chat, but uh, 
essentially, I don't think his priority is quite as aligned as ours. I yeah, like everyone, everyone needs to do a flex, and we can compare biceps. But it's um, fine. No one, no one can see this. It's fine. I don't, okay. I don't record the video. Oh, right, mine are <laughs> sixty inches. Um, but anyway, yeah. uh, wow. I think a key thing is is that it's it's not lifespan, and I would say it's even not health span that I really give a shit about. It's performance span. It's how long can I be a high-performing individual and enjoy the luxuries of that? And that's things like having really good cognitive capacity. That's being able to go out, do some sprints. Or if I want to go surfing, because we can do that in New Zealand, uh, that's, that's something I want to be able to go and do. We can, we can do that here. We can go surfing. We can go to the beach. Just you, to be yeah, you, your beaches look miserable. Uh, that We have chips at them. So... Who's we have chips at our beaches. Our beaches are way better. Anyway, um, not and a, hot not chicks. <laughs> we have hot chicks. Really? Uh, Get them on the podcast. They'd be way more interesting. We import. I would like Poland. to see evidence. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm actually. I think I've got Polish heritage. <clears throat> anyway. <laughs> so um, I think that's a fairly good overview of. It, it, it's it's difficult because it is a spectrum, and you will have people who are just interested in their short term health. I think where Thomas is at with the kind of performance span is a really good place to be. Um, and then you've got the far end of it, which can start to incorporate some people that are a little bit out there, which is just the pure out and out life extension community that will eat 1200 calories a day, take two grams of metformin and, and, and not go out in the sun. Um, and, and again, you would uh, probably really question how much of a, a quality of life that you might have if you take it to that extreme. Um mm. And what I see generally is that as people get older, they move more towards the out and out life extensionist end of the spectrum, because I guess they have less life left, sadly. And that is mm. comes to us all and is utterly terrifying. Yeah, yeah. priorities tend to shift. It's true. And I, I think a good one to drive home is that there's, well, I think there's no real point in just existing. Um, if you're not actually able to live your life, like if you are in that nursing home state, or if you are, for example, not eating, not say someone invites you out to dinner and it's a nice meal, but you're not eating it because you're, you know, wanting to be 1,200 calories or something. Oh, well, I mean, you might get eaten by a shark tomorrow. I won't. Yeah, you might. Um, I, I won't, but uh, maybe up there you will. Uh, well, in Australia, but it tends more likely, to happen. Yeah, in Australia, we don't have any sharks here. We only have nice fish. Or a crocodile. <laughs> we don't have crocodiles nice either. We don't have crocodiles, we don't have snakes, we don't have fires, nothing. Uh, but is that living, see? Back to the whole you know, longevity <laughs> exactly. thing. Is, like, exactly. is that living? You can't ride a croc into the sunset on the edge of your life. Do you need an oh, MN? I this country enough as it is. Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> oh, shit. So... A lot of people listen to this podcast for supplements. We are a supplement company. That is their primary goal. I think that's something we're going to deep dive into a lot more. But what we said, we've, we've discussed what the topic is. Um, what kind of things, if people listen to this and go, hey, that, that interests me. That's a topic that I'm interested in. Other than just saying, go out and buy David Sinclair's book, um, which is very good. What else might you suggest that people would want to do before we start to deep dive into specific topics? And I love that Lloyd's already done homework. Um, because all of those topics sound great. Yeah, I mean, uh, the couple of things I'll throw in, and I'm sure Thomas will support some of this and have more to add, but um, look into NMN, uh, nicotinamide mononucleotide. 
Um, obviously, David Sinclair does talk about that, but there's some good science around that. I'm taking it after researching it with Thomas um, because I feel this is a good idea, um, especially like I'm over 40 now. So I'm in that age group. They say, they say sort of under 30, it's not as necessary, but people still get an energy boost from it, incidentally. Um, look into that. Look into resveratrol. Uh, look into the effective doses, though. Um, and we can obviously talk about that on later episodes because a lot of supplements out there have just uh, you know, fairy dusting of the NMN and the uh, resveratrol. And you want about 1,000 milligrams of the resveratrol or 900 odd milligrams. And you want at least 500 milligrams of the NAD. Um, and then look into, we, when we did our nitric oxide podcast, I was really, now I every day take two grams of citrulline morning and night. Just um, takes yeah, well, which is the perfect product for it. Now I realize how good that product is. The, um, the, the, the thing in that product that people don't appreciate is the, um, oh my God, how can I not remember the name of the ingredient? Lycopene? Uh, lycopene. Lycopene yeah. is a fantastic ingredient and it's normally pixie dusted, but at the dose of 50 milligrams, incredibly effective for, for not just blood pressure, but cholesterol and potentially long-term heart health as well. Yeah, which is definitely another category of supplementation that I think that covers it like enough for this particular introductory podcast. And then of course, um, yeah, sleep we, is another one that I would point people to look into, but I'll throw it to Thomas from here because he's definitely got some more insights. Yeah, that's probably, um, I was actually just about to say the sleep side. So one of the key things is, is that we're seeing now is that we're able to keep people's bodies going for longer, but not their brain. Um, if your brain's not going, then what's the point in keeping your body going? Yeah. What's on that guy's head, Thomas? What's is a fucking um, ponytail. He's got a man bun. So this is Sean. Sean can come over and justify why he has a ponytail. Um, this uh, is New Zealand. Justify yeah, yeah. yourself. Uh, lockdowns. Uh, couldn't get my hair cut. Thought it looked all right. Kept yeah. It going. So this okay, is what that's happens fair enough. when you're like confident in his uh, life choices. Well, I don't, it's it's a funny one. I could chop it off for him, is the thing. But this is what happens when your country uh, doesn't allow unvaccinated to uh, get haircuts because uh, if, you, if you don't have a vaccine, you, you can't get a haircut. No, I didn't know there was anyone in New problem. Zealand that wasn't vaccinated. I thought you would have been lined up and shot by now. Uh yeah, that's Australia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got There's the wrong country. There's definitely people in New Zealand that would like to do that to us, but um, but we're actually it's looking like it's all easing up now. But um, yeah, to get off the politics, uh, <laughs> no, let's I'd do say, it. So no, on no. sleep and uh, things probably don't have a man bun. Man buns will reduce the quality of your sleep because um, of the, it, the tension. Yeah, yeah, tension. Uh, too much heat around the head. Just um, it's a notable health thing so we will say can't that. sleep on your back yeah yeah he's do yeah, it on the top all... of his head then yeah. it's all right on the um, of sleep um have either of you seen dante trudell's post on melatonin no, no. I but he's got a fantastic you. name that dante trudell is kind of the guy that um everything that he's talked about over the last 20 years has ended up being correct um he's very very good he is the lord of niche supplement geekism Anyway, he's done a post over the last few days um, that has been reshared by the Gorilla Chemist about um, superdosing melatonin, basically saying that there is no toxicity at any dose, um, but there are potential benefits in terms of visceral fat loss, in terms of uh, long-term cancer risk, in terms of cytokine reduction and stuff. And he recommended a dose of kind of 60 to 80 milligrams um, for people. 
Um, so I normally do five milligrams because there are lots of long-term benefits to, to melatonin. But I thought, fuck it last night. I'll just try 30. Um, and I had the most fucked up night I've had in months. So don't recommend. But interesting, <laughs> interesting thing to try. Give it a go. That's not where I thought that was going. I thought no. I was going to do this big spiel about how good you feel. Uh, yeah, no, well, you I seem pretty good. You, you seem very, you know, sprightly. I, I've been very... Um, I don't have ADHD, but kind of ADHD like all day. Um, right. But I okay. haven't slept. Just because you have energy? I don't know. I haven't really slept. I spent all night feeling like I was falling off the bed. You know, when you have that thing where you go, oh, and, and you're uh, Yeah. Yeah, that's what you can get. I find that I can get that if I take high doses of, uh, say, like L-theanine or something. So things that aren't a actual switch off supplement that essentially causes so much body relaxation that's like the brain's not keeping up yeah, yeah. Um, um, beta carrier filing does that to me say that one more time In beta carrier filing uh the cb2 agonist we've got a branded version you got well, we basically, that we just don't i don't know why yeah, it's it's basically binds to the CB2 receptor almost a bit more thoroughly than CBD does. Oh, okay. Well, uh, sh- I, show I, us the thingy, Thomas. I've been I, getting, there's yeah, no this is footage, the, and I just this think is oh, the yeah. brand. Um, but, oh yeah. Oh that's cool. Yeah, yeah, I find the muscle relaxant effects on it are crazy. Um, like really good. I'll do like, like one half gram. That. What, what was that? I have a pump. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That'll get you there too. Yeah, no, it's, it's a pretty cool supplement. It just, it hasn't taken off because everyone wants CBD, right? CBD is got all the street cred and it's it's amazing. And it is a good product, but um, yeah, that beta carfilene or, you know, Car- I'm saying carrier it wrong. Carrier filing. Yeah. 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 Oh, that sounds an interesting um, thing. Yeah, worth looking into around the sleep stuff, definitely. Yeah. And then, of course, that apigen, and we're going to test it out soon. That, so um, I, I actually, oh, use, when I was ill, I used apigenin quite extensively. Um, and when I get around to reformulating NeuroPM, I think that we would use that. Um, yeah. I really like it. I, I like the way that it only improves sleep in people or creatures that are stressed. Um, yeah, that's yeah. very cool. I, found I heard it made... Room. Yeah, did you hear? I, I saw a study where the rats got bigger quad muscles from it too. That's just a weird secondary effect. I don't have bigger quad muscles, but I... I Nothing's happened? Yeah. The issue is that you need quite a high dose yeah for it to be effective compared yeah. to what's available commercially yeah um, and it's not cheap it's expensive no but yeah. i i, sort I, of I enjoy that. It, that was what sort of dose idea. ranges did you enjoy that's one I, thing i, I found kind of um three to four hundred milligrams to be quite effective yeah 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 that's that's no, what seems good. to be the clinical evidence anyway though um, I, I tried a gram on a couple of occasions and i didn't feel it was particularly more effective and it's, it's fucking expensive um yeah. and I, I felt the kind of because it came in 50 milligram capsules the one that i got I found the kind of 50 to 100 milligram dose to be ineffective or it's always difficult to tell when it's just sample size of one and it's yourself. But yeah, I, I felt you needed to be at 300 plus for it to be, to be efficacious. Yeah, I was, yeah. I was probably looking, uh, cause this is one that Lloyd and I had been seriously looking at doing. Um, and we're just getting in some stuff to start testing around with now. Um, but I think like quite, I was, I was leaning towards the four to 500 milligram range dosage just because we do like to lean on the heavy handed dose side when, yeah. when there's no reason why not, because customers, people are doing all sorts of weird stuff too. Like yeah. they haven't 
coffees late in the day and all sorts of stuff. So essentially I'm like in a not ideal situation, a bunch of this is going to go to waste. So you may as well give them a little bit more assuming that it's not bad for long-term health. Yeah. 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 And, and that's, that's the assumption that's tricky to make, but with something like acupogenin, I think you're fairly safe to make that assumption. We've got, yeah. uh, we've got a product coming out with uh, one octosanolin, which is a really, really cool ingredient that I had to spend hours reading about, but it's shown to potentially improve arterial flexibility in people with arterial stiffness. Well, that sounds amazing. I guess the, the other thing I just wanted to mention before we move on from apigenin is it actually comes from chamomile tea. Like it's an active yeah. ingredient in chamomile, which not a lot of people know. So it's quite a natural extract. And sometimes that puts people at ease a little bit, knowing that, you know, we've been drinking this shit in smaller doses for yeah. a long, long time. Yeah. But I, um, yeah. I, say, I think if, uh, if ashwagandha were actually called 5,7-alpha-2 uh, reductase, it would probably be a lot less popular. Yeah exactly right people get a little bit you know skittish but um this other ingredient you just mentioned richard um where did you discover that that's just a new one you've you've stumbled on and done some research on uh i i found it in a google hole when i was because i had like three months just in bed masturbating i couldn't even masturbate actually because my heart played up i just right. in bed Jeez. Um, right. on um can you masturbate now i can't yeah i had a second yeah, okay. weeks ago and uh, we just oh. back to normal now keep us updated yeah, yeah, yeah. We do want to keep updated, but also if you're struggling on that, like I'd like to <laughs> Thomas will help you. Bit. Um, but Fedoja, man, Lloyd, we've got to talk about Fedoja because this is the perfect person to talk about it with because you don't True. like test boosters too much, do you, Richard? No, because they're all shit. Yeah. Fedoja, right. You know what? Like, it's not even that they're shit. It's that yeah. boosting testosterone is so easy because you just go yeah. into your box and you fucking where is it where the fuck is it there you go you just get your bottle of testosterone and put it in yourself yeah right 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 and, we and see that, where you're coming from with that to put you in like a, a normal high level trt dose that's yeah. going to cost you about 12 pounds a month yeah but yeah. there's nothing there's nothing quite like the testosterone that your own balls produce in terms of some of those other factors like it, energy and obviously libido and whatnot um you're going to get from that little vial but when you get an effective optimum range going within your own physiology it seems to be well obviously you got all your fail safes in place you're less likely to accelerate aging um if we're looking at it from that angle which was apparently what we were talking about um and and um you know libido everything sort of balances out but it's at a nice high range and you will put on a little bit more muscle than you would if your test is low and there are some herbs that we've used that seem to genuinely do that others just seem to be libido boosters or just like nice adaptogens which are probably some of the ones you've had anything that will increase uh load size or erection strength they're but they're things that i like and that i can sell yeah well, yeah, uh, I mean, well, I, can, I can help you with that. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Tom, Tom, you jump yeah, in. Yeah, what, what we could quickly say on that, because, um, yeah, I, I think we can both definitely agree that there is, um, there's a lot of con- conflicting research around uh, testosterone-boosting herbs, and I think that is a classic thing that you do get with herbs. However, obviously, Lloyd and I, we lean on the side that if you get good stuff, then things can be pretty great. For Doja, though, is definitely load size. Um, I, I can... Mean, empirically well i don't have pictures for you sorry but um but it Hold definitely on. goes and send, your mask, send me some uh, send me some since brexit it'll be quicker to come make some would be to come from europe i think there's the one... one consideration is like yeah about <laughs> yeah. one in four yeah we, we've got to disclose every time it's like one in yeah. four people seem to get mad shits like the laxative effect that's fine um 
Yeah, it has it has a laxative effect, but it's incredibly um, potent. So it's the kind of herb yeah. you can't run constantly. Whereas something like Long Jack or Tongat Ali, it does seem to boost testosterone too. It doesn't. It also does increase load size a little bit. Actually, there's some studies on that too. Um, I think more on the sperm count, but I have noticed a few more drops of jizz. Um, but um, essentially it makes me too angry. So I, I personally, so I, for Doja and, and Tongat Ali are sort of the top two that have a very significant effect, but they're both herbs that I personally can't run all the time. Uh, like Tongat, if I get the dose low enough, I, I sort of can, but it's better if I'm depressed or actually feeling really low on energy or like my test is low. If I have run some sort of cycle or something and I'm shut down, it's a great herb then. But once it tops me up, it, it goes beyond a healthy level to the point where I'm actually quite a grumpy, angry person. So I just got to drop it back out. Fedoja doesn't do that, but I have these incredible explosive shits at any time of the day uh, I, with uh, a massive erection. That's great. I, I imagine that sounds a lot like, um, I'll find the name of it. it it's, um, it, it's, a, it's a drug that was used in bodybuilding in the 90s, but it's also used um, to make uh, sheep have uh, spontaneous abortions. Um, and bodybuilders used to inject it into uh, a muscle site. Um, Proviron? No. Proviron? No. Uh. It's a very, very niche thing. It's unlikely you would have heard of it. It's kind of a, kind of an old. Um, uh, I've got some very cool reading to send you. Very old school stuff. Um, I love, I love this thing. So the yeah. injectable thing is it? Yeah. Oh yeah, it's an injectable thing. It's a, it's a, it's a, a prostaglandin. It's a prostaglandin. Um, ah. But it makes you have the most incredible shits for about twenty minutes, like unbelievably instantaneous, explosive. <laughs> because that's the mechanism by which it makes the animals have abortions. Um, wow. Okay. And then you get incredible localized muscle growth and incredible fat burning, um, if you can cope with the fact that it will make you completely vacate everything in your lower intestines. Um, yeah, yeah, it is. It is a notable. I think the interesting one that, and people keep coming back to it in terms of feedback because we often kind of word the Fedoja shits. It's almost like cleansing shits, as in, yeah, you vacate everything that you've got. You do mm. feel pretty good afterwards. Um, it is one that I bet like hippies at those kind of you know weekend retreat things that do the cleanses. I bet you they'd love this shit because they would like after two weeks they'd be on top of their form. But um. I think circling around Fedoja is mainly animal studies, so we can't really we can't be like, oh yeah, Richard, this is I, I suspect I suspect that the difference in attitude comes from I don't know how easy it is to access things like blood work over there. Oh yeah. Um, but I suspect the the ease of availability of fairly good quality uh testosterone over here, along with the easy accessibility yeah. of blood work, like you can just come to my supplement shop and have your blood work done. Um yeah. I think that means that the level of interest around test boosters is, is pretty limited um, because people are so comfortable talking about and doing TRT. Um, mm. Not that I completely hate test boosters, although I do hate diaspetic acid. Um, I think it's, it's more that they're only, in my opinion, really applicable in someone whose testosterone level is low, but not catastrophically non-existent. Um, and, and I think that that's quite a small proportion of the people. The people we tend to see, either when we do their blood work, their testosterone is fuck all, and the only solution to that is TRT. Um, or actually, their testosterone is kind of 18 or 20 nanomoles anyway, and they're unlikely to see much of a benefit. So it's only really those people that sit at the, the, the low end of normal. And most of those that I deal with here will maybe try a test booster for a month and go, yeah, fuck it, I'll just do TRT. 
Um, I imagine that's not the experience you have with clients over there. Well, I'd be surprised if the guys that are really low took a good Tongat Ali and weren't topped up significantly. Like their, their blood work, I'm sure, would come up quite high. We've had a few people actually do blood work with some of the herbs we sell, and Same there's here. a significant yeah. increase. But, um, you know, at the same time, I guess it depends at what stage they are at in life, uh, how much of like whatever caused the damage to their testosterone levels and, and so on. But one argument me and Tom always make, I should let Tom make it, but, um, but I won't, um, <laughs> is that, um, you know, when we talk about getting just back to optimal test levels, which is what these herbs generally do, they don't get you to that superlative level. Um, you, most people are low. Like when we talk about today's modern stresses and lack of sunlight exposure and I don't know, lack of beating each other up and fucking in caves or whatever we were doing, um, which uh, some of that we could take and leave the first part. Living in cities, living in cities is a really clear one. Like you have like you measure testosterone levels of people in the middle of New York City, shit like that. And it's bad. It's fucking bad. Um, I would say it's... Yeah, no, I'm going to make the argument. I've taken over. Um, but essentially, it's it's not like we would say that um, this is... Well, they are, you can compare to TRT, but it's not like the, these herbs are going to take you up to 300% testosterone or like serious bodybuilding competing stage levels. Uh, the reason we like them is general lifestyle. It's kind of keeping you at what we perceive to be as good ranges. Um, and you're right. Uh, good exogenous testosterone is, um, it's hard to source here. Yeah. Uh, the drug is called PGF2A. Anybody who wants to Google that, we'll discuss it with Mr. Crossland at some point. Um, but that is some crazy shit. Um, PGF2A. Very, very much on the internet about that. Yeah. Yeah. Won't help you live longer, but you'll get jacked and shit yeah. yourself. Well, <laughs> yeah. it but, could uh, be dose-dependent, uh, though, uh, because if people are already, like, if their testosterone is lower, then maybe at certain dosages it might. Um, and I think that's always the consideration, is that often when people are comparing the two different things, like TRT, et cetera, there's not enough talking about dosage at least in the yep. culture here in New Zealand. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because really people just view it as the polarizing, like you have someone doing nothing and then someone taking like massive fucking bull amounts, like what you would put in a performance animal, not a human. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess for the last two years, I ran TRT and realistically I was doing around 250 milligrams of testosterone as and when I felt like I didn't wake up with a big enough boner. Um, and that's exactly the kind of thing that I tell customers not to do um and now with my recent health scare which turned out to be nothing to do with bodybuilding i've been running um 30 milligrams of testosterone every two days subcutaneously which is putting me at a range of uh currently about 60 um oh my god is that is that the rosas yeah, that's not nah, so someone knocking on my back door sean will sort it 
Um, yeah, and, and I guess the reason we're talking about testosterone is is simply because it is a good life extension tool when used appropriately, uh, which is kind of what you're talking about now, Richard, with the doses that you're talking about for an exogenous approach. And we're talking about using these herbs to get you to an optimal level because it does have a, a large impact on your longevity. And you know, people like Huberman have been talking about this too. And you know, we we all sort of know the this kind of a common knowledge that Joe Rogan occasionally will mention that he tops up you know his levels to about that of a 25 year we don't know what he's taking specifically or whatever um so we all sort of know having healthy testosterone is important for longevity especially in men but also in women but it's very unlikely that they'll be running any of these protocols we just touched on um but you know uh, over here women taking testosterone is actually pretty common now um wow. for, for combined hrt i know several women that aren't bodybuilders um, that were prescribed kind of estrogen-based HRTs, and they, they've added their own microdoses of testosterone because they they feel better on it. That's um, cool. But on the subject yeah. of exogenous, and they can use herbs too. Sorry, can, yeah, go ahead. Uh, exogenous yep. things. Uh, something I don't know how much experience you guys have of this, but something that's always interesting is that people promote the use of growth hormone for anti-aging, which it does superficially. But non-superficially, you could argue that growth hormone is actually going to be counterproductive to the pursuit of longevity, um, which is an interesting Yeah, I would agree. And that's, that's where yeah. your bodybuilding, yeah. bodybuilding and your longevity crowd kind of split off. Yeah, yeah that's true. It, it does seem to reduce insulin sensitivity. There's different growth factors too. There's like GH, IGF-1. You know, it's not as simple as people think. And it's more the subcutaneous water, right? That makes you look younger. You're just a bit more plump. Yeah, yeah and which is not looks a little bit tighter and things like. So if you take growth hormone, you will look a little bit younger. But you, yeah, I. This is again pot kettle black. I take one IU of growth hormone um, at night at the moment, and I've been feeling good off that. However, it will increase the rate of mitosis. It will increase expression of IDF one. Those things will increase signaling potentially for early stage cancers if you are predisposed to it. Certainly. Uh, I advise anybody who has a history of cancer in the family um, not to take uh, insulin or uh, sorry, not insulin, uh, growth hormone or IGF one. Um, yeah. But um, but yeah, yeah. Health, health and lifespan they 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 go off at parallels in in several places and um, yeah, that's th- one of them. I think it comes back to also if you're topping up, if like if you are low on growth hormone, like I'm sure if sort of like you said earlier, once people get to an aging. Um, level that is like okay they're going to start eating less they're taking it real seriously trying to eke out a few extra years that's kind of the time where you bring in some growth hormone to get you back to your normal levels and you probably will see some of those benefits but um, I think people using it as a preventative aging tool like we would use NMN or uh, resveratrol and some of these other ones I don't think that's really where it sits but a bit keen to hear what I don't know a heap about uh, growth hormone yet we'd have to look into it more Um, but Thomas what are your thoughts on the old GH yeah, I'm not, so I'm also not expert growth hormone sort of area. I'm not an expert on anything, but, um, but I guess Got that right. considerations, uh, it does Very seem to increase point. REM sleep, doesn't it? Um, so growth hormone yeah. does increase duration of REM sleep during rest. And so you could have a consideration there is that if someone has poor quality REM sleep during sleep, then by doing the growth hormone thus supporting that REM sleep and therefore supporting long-term brain health, which could be a pro pro longevity argument. However, the counter argument is probably enlarged organs and other things like that. And there's better ways to increase REM sleep. Um, yeah. yeah and so it's very dose dependent, I think. 
it's the yeah. appropriate tool for the job um and that's maybe not the appropriate tool for that job um approved yeah. reading homework for people approved reading for when we come back and top and cover a specific topic in depth which i suspect will probably be your basic toolbox of things to improve longevity and that's probably going to involve a deep dive on nmn and yes. yeah 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 thomas yeah, and you've been reading a book, uh, Thomas. I think, is it David Sinclair's book? Uh, I noticed a lot of little posts of great excerpts. Uh, no, so that book that, you know, the one that I post last night. Yeah. Yeah, that's not David Sinclair's at all. That's actually, um, uh, I keep forgetting his name now. It's a book on psychedelics. It's an erotic novel. Uh, uh, it's on mushrooms and LSD uh, okay. and everything. Uh, so uh, that's a whole cool. music thing. I would say yeah. arguably very good for anti-aging except in terms of mentality so that could be a fun yeah. maybe fun discussion to talk about in terms I of very much enjoy the mushrooms for doing the work yeah. yes and then i'm sure there is actually some anti-aging benefits for the brain around psilocybin at least and that oh. is definitely something we should talk about yeah. more because thomas touched on it but brain aging you know lion's mane yeah. um choline or choline sources i say choline choline chocolate chocolate yeah. chocolate well i just you know there's no <laughs> The English language has Go no us. other. The, the I, I remember the argument. I remember the argument. the same argument as before, yeah. but it's still wrong. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, Sean, Sean had a great counter. That was actually school as a word that you don't say stool. Stool? School. Like, yeah, but it's got yeah, a letter yeah. in front of it, whereas there's no other yeah, CH like, bare bones, just bare ass yeah, out yeah. there I feel like that we yeah, say K for. I feel like as the only Englishman here, I get to make the final decision on my language. Um, okay. Colleen, uh, uh, with, a, with a K. Yeah. And we'll just bastardize like it. That's what we do down here. Coca Cola. <laughs> Put a CH. Choke a chola. <laughs> just going to choke a chola. Be right back. <laughs> but uh, I think where we're at, uh, in terms of lifespan, yeah, I've actually read that a couple of times. It's a really good read. Um, it's a very light read, though, is why I kind of appreciated about it. Like it's. Uh, we've actually got like four copies in store because we have we're a weird supplement store. We have like a little bookshelf sort of corner. You're a very um, weird and I just, store. Yeah, we basically it's just like I do what I want to do. If you know what I mean, I'm like I, I feel like, like to you read. would get burgled if you were in the. UK. Sure does. Yeah, well, they do get probably. burgled once. They took books. empty tubs of protein. I'll give it back. Yeah. <laughs> But, um, but yeah, life, lifespan is a fantastic read if you're interested in the subject. Yeah. I'm going to buy it. There is a um, good starting point available as well. Yep, yep, but, great starting point. Yeah, there is another book I've forgotten the name now, but it's by Aubrey de Grey. I've actually recommended it to you in the past, Richard. Um, but yeah, Aubrey de Grey is another anti-aging researcher, and he's been in the field for a long time. Um, he has a really good, incredibly comprehensive and not light read but you learn a lot about kind of the history of the field and the sort of challenges that I've dealt with in terms of like, they're not getting funding for anti-aging research and just kind of the, he spent like bloody 50 pages just trying to convince people that aging is avoidable. Um, like it's not a necessary part of life. Um, it's going to be super can... awkward when he dies. <laughs> well, I, so, yeah, but not of a, not of old yeah, age, yeah. right? He might just get eaten by that shark we keep referring to, which yeah, is that's highly cool. unlikely. Yeah. It will be super awkward. I'd say that his argument is that the technology just didn't get there fast enough for him. 
Um, cool. And are you so, going to be yeah. frozen? Like Walt Disney? I, look, I've Appar- got a company. Did you know I've that's got- a lie? Apparently, he's not frozen. That's just a lie. Walt Disney's not frozen. But there I- are people that are frozen. I've got a company yeah, messaging yeah. me at the moment about how much it costs to freeze me when I'm. <laughs> Why are they hitting you up? They think it's getting close. This is where I sound properly mental. When I was ill, I sent a, I sent in an email for a quote. Oh, I, well, that's, yeah, well, they're responding to a quote. So yeah, yeah, but, but, I put but the jokes I, aside. Now I feel like it's not quite as much of a priority. And they're like, it's only a hundred yeah. grand. Like, cool. Yeah. I can get I, really yeah. nice time for that. Yeah. I have zero I enjoy trust. it. Uh, like, like, what's I, the, I don't want to be... So yeah, it's going to turn you off because you start costing them money. You know I what think I mean? The fundamental problem with, with freezing, and I find the concept of cryostasis and whether it would ever be possible fascinating. The fundamental problem is even if we get to the point where the technology is there to reanimate the person and then fix whatever they died of, and there are huge, huge hurdles with that. There's a really interesting video on YouTube where someone kind of goes into one of these companies and them. The problem is, why the fuck would you? And yeah, you come back like a fucking mummy, like. <gasps> Oh, well, look, if they turn and say, hey, Lloyd, by the way, your uh, your great great granddad turns out we've got him frozen. Uh, he's still 90. But if you want, we can yeah. defrost him. Do you want us to? Yeah. Not really? No. What am I going to yeah. do with him? Yeah, exactly. It's the classic say, it goes back around towards the aging arguments of what is it about? Is it about living for a long time or being able to be? revived it's that's really like cryostasis is existing i don't think you could even yeah, yeah that's um, fear of death fear of death playing out in yeah. a ridiculous way whereas quality of life is what you're getting at it's like you want quality yeah. longevity yeah absolutely and until we I get that's to the point where we can upload my mind into a robot body and then i'm down i think we're close to that i actually Elon's. i think we're way closer to that than we are cryostasis or anything else um really mm. but again i would say that's existing not living because robot rick isn't going to be getting boners in the morning i bet robot you robot rick, rick won't even care. absolutely fuck shit up <laughs> yeah hey. yeah and if we ever get into the psychedelic conversation, which is again, this is longevity, right? Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I think I, I think some of those it. concepts <laughs> already play <laughs> out in terms of uh, different realms you can access that way. So, I mean, you almost are already uploaded to a super consciousness. You just don't realize it. You know what I mean? You, you're thinking you need to get into a computer. You're already part of a massive universal computer of existence. How much DMT have you smoked today? I uh, haven't had any today, but a friend gave me some and uh, just keeps seeming to find me. It's like, oh, hey, you want to smoke me? I'm, I'm terrified of that shit because everybody I know that's done it has fundamentally changed as a person. Um, In a good way? or uh, They've become very, very zen, very hippie, but at the same time, externally kind of douches. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm no, already like, a douche, so you can't, yeah, you can't um, double I, a douche. I, I have I been think... told that the first time you do it, you kind of face up to all the stuff that you feel guilty about in your life. And I, I don't... Ooh, that could take that. me a while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll never come back. That's going to be a bad day. Yeah. I think yeah. that's a classic thing that you get with psychedelics. So, and there is there's actually good research on it now. Um, we do get a diversion where some people, it's almost ego inflating, and some people it mm. is ego diminishing and even though someone might feel diminished of ego at the time of the trip they can come out 
and then all of a sudden be a little bit more like I am better than thou sort of. Yeah. Comes in the back door. Yeah. 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 I I know exactly what you're saying. There's like a superiority complex. What do they call it? Spiritual overdrive where you're like, I'm actually more spiritual than you. And that's missing the point. And that's the way the ego creeps back in. It loves to come through the back door again. Um, But yeah, I have seen the ego inflating. I think that person was probably a douche in the first place. though. That's the thing. Don't trip with douches. Does going through the back door mean the same thing as it does up here? Yes. Okay, yeah. good. But it, it just, that's actually a house analogy. Um, and I'm using it as the house analogy, not as the yeah. anus analogy in this instance. Um, I mean, look, you can use the, the back door. For... We, we have a Swedish member of staff, and she was telling me that about a traditional Swedish saying the other day, which is that you, tr- you slid in on a prawn cracker, which <laughs> makes perfect sense. Apparently, is <laughs> that'd is be slippery, what, is what you would say about someone who is in a very good position in life. Someone who's oh, done wow. themselves, but no one knows yeah. how the fuck they got there. Right, because the prawn crack is kind of oily, and it's like <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I like that's a good yeah. one. Yeah, no one's really going to know what you mean by it, but yeah, it's good. Yeah, but you, I think it's actually quite insulting. But the person might not have a clue what you, what you're saying. Yeah, my favorite kind of insult. I'm going to use that actually. That is a good one. Um, yeah. I think on a practical aspect, though, in terms of talking how psychedelics can be relatable to longevity is that having cognitively flexible thinking is good for living for a long time. And there's a degree of openness, which I think is valuable. However, they find that openness is something that is opposedly like there's it goes at opposing forces to actually being well-functional. A lot of our listeners will be familiar with things like Lion's Mane and, and how effective and applicable they can be. And, and these are all on the same spectrum as things like yes. psychedelic mushrooms, just very different points on that spectrum. But, but you know... I would, I would say the Lion's Mane is to psychedelic mushrooms, kind of how Tonga and Fidoja is to TRT and yeah that's like that's, that's, a, that's an analogy that i can accept i don't know if Lloyd mm. no I, I can deal with that i think so i think there's um other things too that you can use in a similar way like micro dosing some of those um actual compounds which is harder to get your hands on and it's illegal still um yeah. but yeah lines of means amazing for brain longevity so um I'm sure we'll cover that soon. And it's in a lot of your product. Well, it's in your sleep products, which is a great place to put in it. The sleep product increasing and rim. Clean kill. Um, I actually yeah. reintroduced it recently as a standalone because I can't use um, neuro at the moment because my medication for my stupid heart problem interacts with black pepper. Um, ah, okay. Yeah. So I've just been using standalone lines, man. And I found that to be really good because I can, I can play around with the dose. Um, yeah. Yeah, but, you can use it in the morning as well. You know, it's it's not like yeah, it has well, to be I'm, at night. I'm doing um, a gram in the morning and 500 milligrams before bed at the moment. That seems to be effective. Um, nice. We're going to sign off shortly because I'm conscious that you have to open your shop and it's 7 o'clock I do. earlier time there. It's 7.10. I apologize uh, to anyone that's waiting there at 7.30. Why are you um, opening the shop at 7.10? Uh, we, we, we do some shipping out of the shop. So we, we open oh, okay. at the same time. And, you know, people want a coffee or a smoothie come on down but just slightly after 7 30 please so any of our listeners i know there are a thousand of you at least in australia feel free to swing by the cave nutrition store for a coffee while lloyd has his morning dump um i don't think we have any listeners in new zealand 
um, because it didn't tell me. But if there is any of you, not there, a significant country, yeah, not a significant country, not in the top ten. Um, yeah, you nip yourself over to the cave, New Zealand. What part of New Zealand are you in, uh, Thomas? We're in the Waikato. It's Hamilton. It's like you probably only know of Auckland, don't you? you, you know, I know the like, bit from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah, that's the South Island. Uh, so yeah, um, yeah, we are the Lord of the Rings. It's all of New Zealand. All right, you can just okay. with us. It's true. Yeah. Well, I, I'm fully intending to come and visit at some point in the future on a fully expenses paid business trip. Good. Sounds great. Um, so you mean but, we've got to pay? <laughs> So, we'll, we'll get, never mind we'll, my people yeah. your people yeah 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 um thank you so oh. much for coming on guys it's been a little bit chaotic and uh that is not on these guys at all i forced both of them to jump on with zero notice um but i know it's a topic that people are interested in so we will come up with an agenda and we will do a bit of a mini series on longevity and supplements for how they work and how they might benefit you thank you very much to lloyd thank you very much to thomas um it's good night from me and good morning from them